following is a presentation of WYM, Westminster Youth Ministry. In this study called Never Out of Reach, we're going to be reading through the book of Jonah. Oftentimes we can run from God. Sometimes we run to ignore Him. Other times we run to hide from Him just like Jonah did. But in this study we hope to be reminded that we are never out of reach. We're never out of reach of our need for grace, but we're also never out of reach of His giving of His grace to us. We hope you enjoy. Father, we do thank you for this evening. We thank you for this time that we can come together and goof off and eat snacks and, and have fun. Lord, I do pray that as we open your word, Lord, you would bless it and watch over us and uh, help us to leave better than we can. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we are done with our worldview study. and We're going to transition into our summer study, even though summer technically hasn't started yet. But we're going to go through the book of Jonah together. So, uh, that being said, uh, we're actually not going to get into the book of Jonah tonight. We're just going to kind of tee this up. So turn to Hebrews 4 for me. Is that why there's a whale tail? Yes. Did you notice that? That's why there's waves on the chalkboard. Yes. Waves? Whoa, who drew those? Who drew those? Hebrews 4. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I want to ask this question to start off with. Have you all ever felt completely out of reach of something? Yes. Yes, the ceiling. Okay, the ceiling. The question is, have you ever felt out of reach of something, either physically, emotionally, spiritually? Yes. Okay. I can't reach the top Okay, physically, the top shelf, okay. What about, like, emotionally? Have you ever felt like you've just been out of reach of, of something? Yeah. Or, like, spiritually? Have you ever felt like you've been out of reach of anything? Now, have you ever felt like you could be unreachable? Like, like you can just go and escape from the world and feel like nothing can catch you, nothing can find you, you can just kind of escape in your zone and where everything will be okay. Have you ever felt that before? No. Yeah. Not in a healthy way. Yeah, maybe not in a healthy way. I would, I would venture to say that most of us, like to escape. Okay, most of us like to just be alone and, and kind of just do our own thing so we can get away from other people, get away from our concerns, get away from our frustrations. And our hearts and minds go this way. And that says something particular about us. Oftentimes we do that because we want to run away from God. We want to run away from the things that he wants us to do, the things that he's calling us to do. Sometimes with our sin, we want to run away from God and pretend like he can't see our sin. Does this sound familiar? Who in the Bible did this? Jonah did. He ran. Okay, Jonah ran from God. Oftentimes we can think that we can be just enough out of reach of God's sights, out of his hands, that we can just kind of escape and do our own thing. But what I want to press on y'all tonight is there's never a circumstance or response that we can ever have that brings us away or out of reach of God's arms. The series that we're going through is called Never Out of Reach. Okay, We're going to focus on that. So let's look first at this idea that God cannot be contained. Have you ever tried to put God in a box? Not like physically, but like metaphorically. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Have you ever tried to make God who you want him to be in your minds? Okay, that's putting God in a box because that's limiting him. Okay, that's what I mean by putting a box. We're limiting the scope of his power. We're limiting his reach. We're limiting his love. We're limiting his grace. We're limiting his judgment upon us. So if we put God in a box, then, then we can control how he makes us feel. We can control what he expects of us. We can control the things that he wants us to do. Okay? Does this work? No. Okay? Why? Gideon. It's mercy. 
Yeah. Sort of. Maybe. <laughs> Why does this not work? Okay. Well, yes, God cannot be contained. That is true. Okay. But what are ways that we try and do this? Because we do this a lot. Whether or not you, you think you do or not, we do this a lot. What are ways that we try and contain God? Making him more human. What do you mean? Like, kind of bringing him down. Thinking he's not as powerful as he is. Thinking he's just like, kind of like, just like us. Like, okay. I think I think I know what you're saying. Okay, so, yes, Aiden. Uh, maybe sometimes I'll try to keep him separate from school and mm. my home life. Okay, so yeah, when we when we keep him out of certain realms of our lives. Just keep him on Sunday. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, just keeping him on Sundays and Wednesdays. Okay, every other day belongs to you. Marka? Try to, like, you don't want to admit that we can't do everything by ourselves. So, you want to say that we have something to do with the salvation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so limiting the, 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 the realm of his power, limiting the scope of it. Uh, I think what Asa was saying is we try to, like, overemphasize, you know, oh, God's just like me, okay? No, we can't do that because he's fully God and fully man. And Hannah, you were saying something like sometimes we go the opposite route. We can think he's, like, just so distant that he doesn't love or care for us, which is not true. So God cannot be contained. The God of the Bible cannot be contained. With the, the word of his power, what did he do in the beginning? He created. Okay, he created Adam out of dust and Eve out of Adam's bone. Okay, he didn't consult a committee like a good Presbyterian. Okay, he didn't, you know, ask a bunch of other people. Okay, he didn't seek counsel from others, but he had authority over the world and he spoke it into existence. Okay, he did say, "Let us make man in our image." <laughs> the triune community. Okay, so maybe like he, he can prove <laughs> that Presbyterian polity is right. That like, probably a Calvinist. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> so he has authority over the world, and here, here's the hard part that we wrestle with. Because he has authority over the world, he has authority over your world. Okay. And a lot of times we like that, and a lot of times we don't. What are ways that we like it? Um, well, we, it just like we can give him stuff that we don't want to deal with. Like, okay. not in like a good way, but like, we're like okay, well, here's now. Like, I don't want to deal with it. Okay. So like we can bring things that we can't figure out to him. Well, yeah, which is a good thing, mm-hmm. but it's not one. He has authority over our world, and why do you think we have such a big problem with that? Because I like being in control, and the idea that anyone else is, like, has power over me is scary. Which is the opposite of what I was saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? So what are other, what are, what are some other areas that we don't like God to have authority over us? In our home lives. Okay. Home lives. School, sports. sports. Okay. How about how about the decisions that we make? We don't. Sometimes we like God to stay out of the decisions that we make. Okay. But He has authority over all those things. Okay. He's never surprised. God never wakes up and says, "Well, shoot, Hannah made this decision. I don't know what to do with it." Okay. <laughs> how did that happen? Okay. But how many times do we feel like we can we can contain Him and control Him and you know make decisions apart from Him? Uh, we can keep him from knowing every little thing that's going on in our lives and hearts. But we know that that's not true because God sees everything. God knows everything. Sometimes this can physically look like running away. Okay, You may not be running away from God, running to Tarshish or any, anywhere else. God maybe has not called you to go to a city like Nineveh and preach repentance. But he does call us to certain things, and sometimes we buck against that. Sometimes we feel like, Lord, I can make this decision better than you can, so I'm going to do what I want instead. We run away from God just like Jonah tried to do. Uh, this again, this may not be a physical running, but it could be a mental or spiritual one. It could be a relational one. Okay, so lots of ways we do this. 
Our sinful minds actually trick us into thinking that we can get away from God's presence and make decisions on our own. Okay? We feel like we can get a free pass on things because we've gotten so far away from him that, that he doesn't see the sin that we struggle with, doesn't see the things that we wrestle with. Let's turn to Hebrews 4, verses 12 to 13. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints of marrow, and discerning the thoughts of intention, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Okay, thank you, Asa. I appreciate that. Okay, so it's this idea that everything is exposed in our hearts. Okay, does that make you uncomfortable, knowing that everything in your heart and soul is fully exposed to God. Okay, why? Okay, so if we hooked up a TV and just, you know, hooked up your brain, and everything that you thought about today and yesterday and the day before just showed up on the screen, who here would just shrink into nothingness, okay? We all would. Okay, that, that's those moments where we, we really want to escape from everything, okay? Because we don't want people to know the things that we struggle with or the things that we, we fear, the things that we wrestle with. The writer of Hebrews equates it to nakedness, okay? This idea of being fully exposed before other people. That's, that's a shameful thing. We don't want that. Uh, he says, no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must give account. So there's no way that we can escape from God, no way we can get out of his reach. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 3. Verses 8 and 10, 8 through 10, chapter 3, 8 to 10. All right, y'all there? Y'all there? Genesis 3, verses 8 to 10. Who would like to read that for me? Micah, thank you. Genesis 3, 8 through 10. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Okay, did God really not know where Adam was? No. Okay, why do you think he asked the question? Because yeah, he, he wants relationship with Adam. Adam was created for relationship with God. But that relationship was broken at this point. And God wanted that relationship echoed back to him. That's why he said, where are you? Because he wants Adam to come out. He wants him to, in a sense, be fully exposed so that he can come before the Lord and say, Lord, I've messed this up. Okay? He doesn't want us to hide and say, well, it was really the woman that you gave me that sinned, not me. Okay? That's what Adam is doing. Okay? He, in a sense, what is Adam doing there? He's running from God. Okay? He, he's trying to, to flee from his brokenness there. He blames somebody else. And God's inviting him to come before him and share that with him. Okay? It's the same relationship for you and me. He knows our struggles. He knows what you did an hour ago. Okay? He knows what you did yesterday, the day before. He knows what you did the second day you were born. Okay? He knows everything about you. He knows everything you've struggled with. And he doesn't want you to hide from him with those things. And that's hard for us to wrap our heads around because nobody likes to put their light on the table and say, these are all the areas that I struggle in. These are the sins that I struggle with on a daily basis. And if anybody found those out, I'd be done for. Nobody would hang out with me. Nobody would like me. He wants you to come to him with those things because he loves you. God cannot be contained. And when we get into Jonah chapter 1, we're going to see just how foolish it is to run, in a sense, physically from God, but also to run from him with our hearts. So in chapter 1, when we get to that uh, in a few weeks, we'll see how Jonah tried to contain God by running from him. But not only can God not be contained, but his grace can't be contained. And that's an assuring thing for us, okay? 
when God shows us grace, okay, let me ask this question. When God shows us grace, do you ever feel like a, like a, the pains of grace? Where like you feel like, man, I really don't deserve this, and it almost brings more shame. Okay, that, those, those are the pains of grace. And sometimes it's this expected feeling of judgment that we expect from God, but instead he shows us grace. Okay? It's the shame that comes and bears down on us and makes us blind to the gift that we have in God. We know we've done wrong and we're expecting one thing and we get another, and sometimes we're, we're not sure about it. Okay? God gives us grace and we're like, ah, I don't know if I want it. I don't know if I deserve it. I don't know if I, I can even hold on to that. But that's the difference. And we talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago. That's the difference between conviction and what? Shame. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. And conviction says, yes, you've done wrong, but return to me. Shame says, you're awful and terrible, and you don't deserve God's grace, and you'll never get it. Okay? There's a difference between those two. And sometimes, when God gives us grace, it comes through the act of discipline. Have you all ever been disciplined by your parents? We all have. Your parents can forgive you of something and show you grace, but they can still ground you. Okay? That's, that's an act of grace that comes with discipline. And sometimes that's how God works with us. Even though he shows us grace, it still doesn't feel good sometimes because there's, there's pruning that goes with it. There's discipline. There's, there's growth and sanctification that has to happen through that. Now, if we're being honest, oftentimes the grace that, that God gives us, while it's amazing and true, reminds us of our faults, reminds us of the things that we don't like about ourselves. And sometimes Satan uses that to, to make us run even more. But we really have to fight against that. We really have to, in those moments, lean into the grace that God gives us we need to fight against that temptation because it can cause us to run. We feel like we should run from God's grace because we don't deserve it. If you ever feel like that, I want you to, to hear this now. If you ever feel like you have to run from God's grace because you feel like you, you don't deserve it. One, it's not true. Obviously, we know that. The, the Bible tells us that. But if you really struggle with that, please come and talk to me because I'd love to like walk you through what it looks like to truly receive God's grace with open arms uh, not because we've, we've done anything to deserve it, but because it's so amazing and he loves us so much that he'd give it to us, okay? You know, Satan, when Satan tells you you don't deserve it, he's right, okay? In a sense, he's right. We don't deserve it, right? But that's the beauty of grace. That's the beauty of it. The very thing that we need, sometimes we run away from it, but God never lets us get out of reach. He's always pursuing us. He's always coming back to us, even when we have run from him. Okay, the Israelites, throughout the book of Judges, what were they doing? Constantly running, okay? They were constantly making big messes out of things. But what did God do? He continued to love them. Despite all their mess, despite all their ridiculousness, that he continued to pursue them. A couple weeks ago, Hannah wrote this quote up here on the board, and this is what I want to end with. And Carebeth, yes, sorry. Carebeth and Hannah, put this up for me. This is a quote by a guy named Jerry Bridges. He's one of my favorite authors. It says, Our worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace, and your best days are never so good that you're beyond the need of God's grace. So let me read it again. This is a really, really powerful quote. Our worst days are never so bad that we're beyond the reach of God's grace. And our best days are never so good that we're beyond the need of God's grace. That means that you can never be so proud and never so awesome that you'll never need God's grace. But there's also never a day that you will be out of the reach of it. There's never a day that you've you've done so many bad things that God will never say grace to you. I love you. Now, do you ever feel like your worst days are... And this isn't really a word, but unovercomable. Why so? So our anxieties and trust issues can get in the way. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes we're not hard enough on ourselves, but sometimes we can be extra hard on ourselves. Okay? Do you ever think that you can just run and hide when it comes to your faith in God? Just not deal with it today. Okay? God, I love you. I know you love me. But right now, I just need to be by myself. I need to think through this myself. I need to work through it myself. Do you ever feel that way? I think we all do in some ways. It's going to look different for each and every one of us. But I think we all struggle with that. It comes through many different avenues. It may be of blatant pretending of hiding. Like you can, you can just say, you know what? I, I, God, go into that room. I'll take this side of the house. We'll talk at dinner. Okay? Or it could be like a passive thing where you don't even realize that you're doing it. It may be a passive choice of not taking God seriously enough. A lot of times we can do this with our faith where we really don't take it very seriously. And what happens if we do that? We're not growing. Yeah, it, it, it removes us from being able to grow into it. It removes us from being able to, to really trust and love him well. Okay. And what I want us to see over the series, and again, I'm going to use this language a lot, you're never out of reach. You're never beyond the scope of God's power. You're never going to be able to run so far away that you get out of his reach. But your sin is also not out of the reach of his grace. And that's what we're going to see through the book of Jonah. We're going to see that even though Jonah tried to run, did he ever get far enough away? No. No. It's almost like God is just holding the back of his shirt as he's running, and Jonah just thinks he's getting further and further away. But no, he keeps it in his hands. Say what? It's like a treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he thinks he's run, physically running away from God, but he's also running away from the grace that God's going to show to the city of Nineveh. Okay? God calls the entire city of Nineveh to repentance. That's a big deal. An entire city. And this is a huge town. Okay, we're going to see just how long it takes from Jonah to walk from one side of it to the other. It's days. That's how big this city is. Our sin can never take us out of the reach of God's grace, and there's nothing we can do to run away from that grace. And we'll see that through this book. So that's what I have for tonight. We're just teeing it up. You're never out of reach. So I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for this evening. I thank you that you, uh, you never uh, let us get so far away, Lord, that we can escape from you. I thank you that you give us assurance and that you give us grace, Lord, and that you allow us to grow, Lord. I do ask that you would help us to turn to you in all things, Lord. Help us to never curl up into our shells and think that we can do this on our own. But we need you, Lord. We ask that you would help us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please keep an eye out for more audio upcoming from WYN.